0: Listening to the TCB Radio Network. Hello, friends, this is Elvis
1: Presley. I am Marion Cock, the official sex symbol on TCB
2: Radio Network. This is Mindy Miller.
1: This is Ray Walker, from the
2: Jordanaires. This is Elvis' Speedway co-star, Victoria Paige Myrie. This is Cynthia Pepper from and Cousins. This is Zoe Gotto, author of Elvis Style, From Suit-Suits to Jumpsuits. This
1: is Don Wilson. And if you're looking for Elvis, you're in the right place, TCB radio network.
2: Words all about Elvis. Everything is about Elvis. It is all about Elvis. All Elvis, all the time. If you want to listen to something
0: really stylish,
1: Listen to TCBradionetwork.com. You can't do any
0: better than that. So stay with us. People who know Elvis know about TCB Radio Network, where it's all Elvis all the time. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here, sir. Yeah, see, that has always been my dream, because when I was little I thought, you know what? When Ronnie decides he's had enough of this, he's gonna need someone to take his place. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Good luck with that, people. Well, and somebody
0: told, and and somebody, and my friend said, you know, that's a great dream, but w- why do you think Ronnie would ever get tired of doing that? <laughs> <laughs> well, and right after
1: that, uh, I did that movie, uh, Priscilla Presley called me. And I know it's hard to believe, but I told him no. I told him I, I was being pegged as a, Elvis impersonator and I said look y'all I'm a songwriter uh I'm an artist and I I just don't want to be known as an Elvis Presley singer I said I do Louis Armstrong and I do Marty Robbins and Johnny Cash I said I but uh, you know I impersonate them too I love Elvis but there's only one Elvis and I ain't Elvis and I don't want to be Elvis. I want to be Ronnie McDowell. And I just told them no. And so they hung up. And, uh, so my manager at the time he called me back two weeks later and he said, Ronnie, (laughs) you need to, to do this movie. And I said, Don, I've already told you I don't want to be known as an Elvis singer. I said, good God, I said, the king is gone. is already put me in a bag because Lee Morgan walked up to me in the studio and said, you need to do this like Elvis would have done it. And I said, now, why in God's name would I want to do that? I, I'm Ronnie McDowell. I want to sing like me. He said, if you sing this and talk like Elvis, it will affect people more. Well, I did. I, I, I literally was talking like Elvis and singing like him. And had I not done that, it would not have affected people the way it did. So again, fate is a hunter and fate found me. And so then I told Don, my manager, he said, Priscilla does not want anybody doing this but you. She's listened to Elvis sound alike after Elvis sound alike. She only wants you to do it. So I agreed to do that. And I'm glad I did it. Because Priscilla and I met, and first time I met her, she was on. You got her. She's six years older than me, and I walked up to her, and she was only in her thirties. And I walked up to her on the grounds of Graceland, and I I was just my mind was boggled. I, I was like, I said, Priscilla, no wonder that guy went crazy over you. And uh, the first thing out of her mouth was this, Ronnie McDowell, do you have any idea what you've done for Elvis?
0: Hmm. Wow! And you did, Ronnie. You—I you mean, yeah. you—you've done so much for him and his legacy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You really have.
2: To have Priscilla acknowledge that—I can't even imagine. I would have been in tears right there. Yeah.
0: And, and I include your paintings in that too, because your your Elvis paintings are just phenomenal.
1: Well, thank you. Uh, you know, I, I tear up telling that story. I didn't
0: well it's it's amazing how how fate has kind of where where i as, it, as you were talking, I'm thinking to myself, why is Ronnie even still questioning fate anymore? It's taken care of him this far why does he why does he even second guess it yeah I
1: know but you know uh fate is a hunter and uh Pete Krista it will find you as well i mean it has look what you're doing, yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, we've we've had a lot of fun celebrating all of us as well, and it's just been a real honor to get to talk to the people that we've talked to, including you, and um, yeah. Ray Walker was one that I was just like, wow, I can't believe my phone. My number is in Ray Walker's phone. <laughs> I totally geeked out. And he was making fun of me because I was being, <laughs> being such a nerd about it. But yeah. it's, it's been fun. And I know you you did some touring with him as well as DJ Fontana. and Peter knows um, DJ's son. I
0: know DJ's son because I toured with David for a while. Oh, wow. yeah, a while. We had a... We had a They're all good band. people, you know.
1: Ray is. Ray calls me every week with a joke. He <laughs> he has a joke every week for me, and, uh, <laughs> and that's okay. Uh, I love
0: uh, Ray. He's, he's he literally is like my dad, and that's the God's truth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I met, I met DJ through David because we had a, a rockabilly band that we called Crown Electric Company. Oh, wow. I love that. Yeah, and so I I got to meet uh, DJ a few times and and play with him. One of the the neat things that that I got to do with him was I had a show out in Colorado, and we had David and DJ on stage together. And David had said that had been the first time they had done that since a a special that had come out maybe a year or two after Elvis had passed away. And I thought, why would they have not put you guys together before before that? (laughs) Shit. Yeah, I love David, too. He's a good kid.
2: How did you connect with DJ? Was this before or after the whole meeting with Priscilla and all that?
1: Well, I knew DJ, believe it or not. And like I told you, I was a songwriter back in the early 70s. And I'd written songs for Roy Drusky. As a matter of fact, I had Roy Drusky's follow-up to Chris Christopherson's uh, Look Yonder, There Comes Jody and the Kid. And I had Roy Drusky's follow-up song to that Deep in the Heart of Dixie. And then uh, Billy Walker, Jeannie Shepard, the Wilbur Brothers, Porter Wagner. I was just writing songs for everybody. And I'd be around Nashville, and I would see DJ in bars, and I'd have a beer with him. And I couldn't believe I was having a beer with DJ Fontana. (laughs) And so that's how I actually got to know him before the King was gone. And then after I had the King just gone, then I got to to meet uh, Scotty Moore, and the irony of that is uh, where I had those acetates made to take around to the radio stations, and where I recorded The King is Gone, was Scotty Moore's studio. Is
0: that not weird? Wow! Did you know that? Yeah. Did you know that when you went in to record, or you found that out later? I did not know that, Uh, and that's
1: what's weird about it. That was Scotty Moore's studio, and where I had the acetates made, Scotty Moore owned that business. Wow, that's amazing. And his, his girlfriend, Gail, who was his girlfriend till he passed away. Uh, she was a friend of mine, and she never even told me that she was Scotty's girlfriend until after <laughs> I got started in the business. And and then we started doing shows together. We would do the Elvis Presley story with the Jordanaires, Scotty and DJ and uh, uh, James Burton and uh, the Stamps. And so, you know, that's how I got but uh, how I got to know the Jordanaires, they were on uh, all of my records. They were on I Love You, I Love You, I Love You, Watch Girls Go By, Wondering Eyes. They were on all of my songs.
0: I did not realize they were on all of those.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, they were on all of them. They were on It's Only Make Believe with me and Conway Twittian.
0: Okay. Let's get to the Kentucky Headhunters because yes. I, I, they were your backup band for a while.
1: Well, for eight years, I hired them in 1980, uh, actually earlier than that, when I started working with Conway Twitty on the road, uh, I had my original band, and I felt like I needed uh, some more energy, so I hired these long-haired boys out of college, and rockers, and everybody thought I was crazy. Well, they ain't country music, but boy, they had the energy. And uh, the sound that I was looking for, and it was the Kentucky Headhunters. And uh, so they were my band up until they did their Grammy-winning album and their song,
0: Dumas Walker. Wow. Now, how did you come up with that arrangement of It's Only Make-Believe? Because it almost sounds like if Elvis had done this song, maybe he had done it like this. Well, interesting enough that you say that because
1: I was driving down the road in the same car the Camaro that I wrote to King is gone in and uh, I was just going down the road and I started humming that it's only make-believe up-tempo and I thought to myself well that's interesting and I told the boys I said hey let's do Conway's uh, it's only make-believe up-tempo we went in and recorded it and that is the Kentucky Headhunters playing on that and uh, I found Conway at a studio Master Phonics And I took a copy and I said, Conway, would you listen to this? He said, what is it? And I said, just take three minutes and listen to it. He did. He jumped up out of his chair and he goes, you got a hit. That's a hit song. I said, but I want you to sing on it. He said, you don't need me on that that's the way i always wanted elvis presley to do that song i wow. said you're kidding me he said nope he said that's a hit and i said but Conway, you gotta sing on it he said you don't need me on that that's a hit without me but i talked him into it he see I can't deceive I know it's only way I was laughing, and he was dead serious. <laughs> but that's just who he was. If he felt like telling you something, he would tell you. <laughs> and I hope I'm not talking too much. No, I, no. I just no. I just did the Ray Stevens show, and uh, just before I walked out, to go out there on the couch with Ray, the producer grabbed my arm and he said, Ronnie, whatever you do, talk a lot, cause everybody that comes on here, we can't get them to talk. I said, well, I don't have no problem with that. So (laughs) halfway through the interview, Ray leaned back, he goes, you sure do talk a lot. I said, well, Ray, they told me to talk a lot. And he goes, yeah, but you talk a lot.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, I hope I'm not talking you ears off. No, <laughs> no
0: absolutely we not. We love it. I told absolutely you we'll keep you
2: as long as you have time for us. We have time for you. Well, I appreciate it. What's What's the future hold for Ronnie McDowell? You're so busy. You're still touring all the time. Is that something you want to continue doing? Five, you know, five, ten years from now, where do you see yourself? Well,
1: I went to see Tony Bennett not long ago. Oh, yes. And he was uh, ninety something years young, yes. standing there by a piano, singing his heart out, singing unbelievable. And I said, yeah, that's me. That's what I'm going to be doing." Well, think about this, y'all. Boy, when I'm when I'm ninety years old and I'm singing this song, it will really mean something then. Older women <laughs> are beautiful lovers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie, I want to see you at 90 sing New York Minute. That's what I want to see.
1: Oh, yeah, boy, I'm telling you. (laughs) That would be funny at 90. I'd make love to you in a New York minute. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) That's funny.
2: We'll be right back with today's interview after this announcement. (laughs) This is.
1: Miller. I want to say hi to all my friends out there in social media, and I want to encourage you to order your set of Wisdom Organic products brought to you by Larry Geller and his wife, Shira. He is having a 20% discount right now on your orders and your set of Wisdom Organics. In order to get the 20%, you have to use the code TCBRN, which stands for TCB Radio. Network brought to you by Krista Joy and Peter Alden to save twenty percent on your next order.
2: Have you ever thought about like <laughs> if Elvis had lived on what what he would be doing now at eighty five years old?
1: I ain't eighty five. No, 69. you're not. <laughs>
2: <And> of course, we're <laughs> not. Trying to, but he would be if he was still alive.
1: I know what you're saying. <laughs> you know him him being eighty five years young. Uh, I know exactly what I'd be doing. I'd still be writing songs and, and uh, painting because that's another passion of mine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've been uh, with a Disney corporation for six years next month. And, and so I never would have dreamed when I was a kid watching Uncle Walt, as we all thought of him every Sunday night on uh the world is a carousel of oh. color. Every Sunday night, that's what we would hear, and he was like everybody's uncle. I never dreamed
0: I'd be painting pictures for Walt
2: Disney. I'm but, so uh, thrilled. You have no idea. Ron- I-, I didn't know. Let
0: me tell you, Ronnie. She she was already excited to to talk to you about Elvis. And then she saw that picture that you did with Walt and Mickey, and she fangirled out like I have never seen before in my life. <laughs> it's,
2: it's my new profile photo on Facebook.
0: <laughs> well, you know, when I, I painted
1: that painting, I showed it to uh, Jack Soat. And, you know, Jack, he's a president of Elvis Presley Enterprises uh, at Graceland. And, and Jack was just blown away with it. And I said, he said, I never dreamed of anything like that. And I said, well, it was my kid's idea, you know. And, of course, I painted it. And if you think about it, uh, Elvis and Mickey are worldwide household names, Mm -hmm. and they belong together.
2: Absolutely. I love the parallels. This is what really just... I just get so excited I started a Facebook page called the Blue Suede Mouseketeers just for things like this (laughs) when when my worlds collide because I I love Disney and Elvis so much and um, so I forgot where I was going with this but just yeah I just wanted to tell you that I I couldn't believe it and I'm so surprised it's taken me six years to find out that you were painting for Disney I wish I had known sooner so I'm excited we're able to tell the whole world today so they'll know
1: yeah I uh, you know I've done Everything you can imagine, of course, Mickey. But Donald Duck, uh, well, Donald was actually in that painting of Mickey.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to ask you something about that. There's there's a little boy wearing Mickey Mouse ears and a little girl wearing Mickey Mouse ears in that in that uh, painting you did. And I put my name on the little girl's <laughs> ears already. Oh but good. I was wondering if is there a name on the little boy's ears? I couldn't get a close enough look to see. It's faintly. It almost looks like there should be, or there might have been. Is is there something on there that...
1: I'll tell you who that is, who I had in
2: mind. Tell me. Kurt Russell. Oh, get oh, out yeah. of here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <gosh>. Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs>
2: Peter's first.
0: And there's another, And there's another Disney
2: connection. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Well, <laughs> you
1: know, cool. well, now, let me tell you why I put him in my head. The reason I did that is, do you know the last thing Walt Disney said when he died? The last... Two things he said Sweet. on his deathbed. He said, Kurt Russell.
2: Yes. I, I read that somewhere. Yeah. Yes. Is that really true?
1: <laughs> that is true. That's the last thing he ever said. Wow. And Kurt Russell doesn't even, he, he doesn't have a clue why he said it, but is that not interesting?
2: That's, yeah. it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. We love it. You know, a couple years ago, Kurt uh, went to Epcot to read, because we live in Orlando, so I go to Disney a lot. And um, Kurt came down to read out of the Bible. Every Christmas we have a, um, they call it the Candlelight Processional over at Epcot. And Kurt came down to read. And that was one of the, the last times I got Pete to come to Disney with me. I
0: fanboyed out that to day. See,
2: to see Kurt Russell, yeah. He, he really enjoys <laughs> Kurt Russell. Well, as
1: you know, as we're talking about Kurt, I'm looking at the Elvis poster from the movie. And Kurt signed down to bottom me, said, "Ronnie." Your worst half. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he, he told me, he said, uh, You know, Elvis made me famous. And I said, Kurt, you were already a Disney actor. You were already famous. He said, No, 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 no. He said, When it, you and I did that movie, he said, Right after that, you know, of course, John Carpenter produced it. Right. And he said, Right after that, I did Escape from New York and they paid me $20 million." He said, Trust me, Elvis made me famous.
0: <laughs> you know what? And I—I've actually I had a conversation with somebody just recently about why I think that movie worked so well is because Kurt Russell was known, but he wasn't a blockbuster, you know, household name that that uh, people could argue about about whether or not why he was cast, why he should. Have, he just and and I think still to this day one of the best one of the best portrayals. Um. Up, uh, and I did like the kid that played Elvis in the in the TV series, Michael Saint Gerard. I thought he did a good job, but, but Kurt did, Russell just I, was phenomenal. he did
1: and Michael and I, you know, we I, I did all that, and uh, we we would go out. You know, Michael Saint Gerard, he looked like Elvis. He yeah, was freaking.
0: Cool. He really did. He really did. He really did. Yeah,
1: and he and I would, you know, I did all the voice in that too, and me and him would take a break. And we would go out to lunch together, and I mean, I'm not just telling y'all this. This is God's truth. No matter where we would go, it was like those uh E.F. Hutton commercials. Everything would stop. You could hear a pin drop when he walked in, because he was, you know, in that character, and he had his hair like that. Yeah. And it was freaky. People, they would freak out. They'd go,
0: I mean, they would just stop. Yeah. And uh, so he did a great job, too. Yeah, he and Kurt Russell have, have always been my two favorite actors that, that, that have portrayed Elvis. Yeah, me too. You
1: uh, did Kurt, all of Kurt was songs. hands
0: down the best, and yeah. uh, mm-hmm. he
1: was just phenomenal. And he told me Elvis made me a star, and, and he was right, because he did.
2: And, and y'all and, are kidding around, but for those that don't know um Ronnie actually did sing the voice of Elvis in that movie and Kurt Russell lip synced to Ronnie McDowell yeah. so oh, there yeah. you go yeah that's what
0: yep I have the LP in fact that I was I was disappointed because the only song that wasn't on the LP was uh Tutti Frutti fruity
1: yeah I remember that and we had to actually go back in and and do uh bird in love and, and something for the uh the theatrical version in England because they put it out in
0: theaters over there right right I've just I've always thought that was just one of the best movies and then in
2: 1999 maybe it was uh, 97 you contributed to Elvis meets Nixon which was on Showtime do you remember doing that
1: oh yeah I was actually uh Elvis's voice in that uh the Patsy Klein story uh I did Breathless with Richard Gere the funniest thing about that uh, I had I knew I, I did Suspicious Minds and uh idea where he was going to where they put it in the movie. I just took my 84-year-old Aunt Irma to see it. Well, lo and behold, he, he strips off butt naked and gets in the shower and starts singing suspicious but <laughs> And I looked down at my Aunt Irma and I said, Aunt Irma, I swear to you, I did not know where this was going to happen and we could go. And she said, I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs>
2: My mom is 85, and my mom's 85. Her name's Irma, also, so I can just totally see this the same exact thing happening. That's that's
1: funny. funny. Yeah. Well, anyway, I, you know, I did that, and I did. Of course, I did that silly movie with Don Johnson, Elvis, and the Beauty Queen, and he does not to be. He does not need to be doing Elvis.
0: No, he does not.
1: (laughs) No, he 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 needed to stick to Miami (laughs) Vice.
2: So you're never too old to rock and roll. That was from 88 when you were with Jerry Lee Lewis.
1: Yeah, I, I wrote that song because Jerry and I were doing shows together and doing projects together. And uh, so I said, Jerry, I, I'm writing a song for me and you. And he goes, well, killer, I ain't ever done no duet with nobody. And he said, if I'm gonna do a duet, I guess I'll do it with you. Wow. And uh, so he come into the studio. I was telling Kid Rock this last night I was hanging out with him. I'm not throwing names around, but I, I did. I got to hang out with Kid Rock last night, and that was, trust me, an experience. <laughs> That's
2: a whole other podcast, yeah.
1: Yeah, I didn't get to bed until 3 o'clock, if that tells you anything. So anyway, uh Jerry Lee came into the studio, and he set a fifth of Jack Daniels down. And he, he said, now Killer, Now, when I get halfway done with this bottle, I'll be ready. Oh, my and, goodness. And so sure enough, When he finished half of the fifth, he said, now, killer, come over here. He said, now, before we do your song, we're going to do this song. I said, what song, Jared? He fooled around with the piano, and he goes, Heartache number one was when you left me. And we sang Heartaches by the Number, and that's coming out on my new album, Country Heaven. And I would take anything
0: for that wow
2: that's so exciting oh my goodness
0: well and you did two versions of You're Never Too Old to Rock because there was a there was one that had you know kind of a more doo-wop-y feel and then you did a fast version well and
1: the original version along with the fast version is also going to be on my new album Duets and Friends (laughs) To the music that set me free It had a rocking kind of rhythm A beat that really turned me On and on and on I carried it to school Right along with my books Got a lot of teasing And some crazy looks But I never stopped moving To the feeling down deep in my bones Something in my heart Just told me so I never, never, never
2: I've been old Jerry Lee I swear there's magic in all of these great old songs But if I live to be a hundred years
1: Now think about it. I'm the only one to ever do a duet with Jerry Lee Lewis. Yeah, and uh, Conway only did two. Of course, he did Loretta, right? And uh, and then the only guy that he he did Sam and Dave. You know, he did that song. Uh, he did that, but you know, Conway, uh, Wayne Newton, Saturday Night Special. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Vinton, he and I did Blue Velvet together. Uh, Jack Scott and I did Burning Bridges. I love that song. Yeah. Uh, I've, on this album, I've done a duet with uh, Willie, let's see, uh, Roy Acuff, Dobie Gray, Tanya Tucker, Eddie Arnold. I wouldn't take anything for this mm-hmm. album. It's my favorite thing I'll ever do.
2: Wow, you've got so much coming up. Do you, do you have like a projected date for that one?
1: Yeah, it comes out at the end of the month. Oh, this wow. month, as a matter of fact, they're going to debut Country Heaven, And I thought it was only appropriate that they debut Country Heaven on WSM 650, the original home of the Grand Ole Opry.
0: Yep, absolutely. absolutely.
1: So Bill Cody is going to debut, and John Snyder and I are going to be interviewed that morning, and they're going to debut that song. So in that coup, Country Heaven.
2: So cool. I hope somebody reaches out to me and we'll, we'll remind everybody, because I'm sure um, they can listen online to that as well, probably all over the
1: Oh, yeah. The world. You know, they, they stream that all over the world as well, mm-hmm. as you do. And so I can't wait till you hear Country Heaven, because the track, Bill Medley. Now, do you know how hard it is to impress Bill Medley?
0: Rock <laughs> I can, and roll I can imagine fame, it's probably pretty hard. I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah, he's done it, seen it, heard it all. But he was so impressed with this song, this track, the way I did it. He said, Ronnie McDowell, you have a hit. Wow. And so I'm just excited about uh, Country Heaven as well.
0: Well, we'll 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 put it on there, and like I said, I'm I'm playing trying to find that girl because that's just my favorite. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I love trying to find that girl. I do. I I love that, and I love Rock and Roll Kiss. I love every song on that album.
0: Yeah, you know, um, Rock and was it is it is it Rock and Roll Kiss? There's there's one on there that sounds like it came straight out of Ricky Nelson's catalog. Well,
1: the reason why is because I'm I'm Ricky Nelson's. Number one I, just, <laughs> wow. I love Ricky Nelson. I mean, that's another guy that I would to meet and I never got to. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Pete does an entire Ricky Nelson show and it sells out. Whenever he does it, it sells out. It's unbelievable. Wow. He's hey, like-
1: I understand. I just, I, I literally love Ricky Nelson. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's,
0: well, that, again, that's why that's my favorite CD because everything on that album is. Sounds like it could have been done in the fifties or early sixties, and it's it's, but yet they were contemporary too, which right. is a, which is a talent to you as a songwriter because it's just amazing. Well, thank you, and, and I did
1: that for that reason because that is.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well you've got so many days ahead too. So much great stuff going on So I want to keep you all day But uh, we'll probably stop the recording But I want to remind everybody Don't forget to go get your tickets RonnieMcDowell.com The shows are coming up at the end of this month uh, Friday, September 27th and 28th in Tennessee. If you're in the area, go see it. If you're not in the area, fly to Tennessee because that's what I want to do. and Go see Ronnie McDowell and John Schneider. Well, we're
0: going to see them when they come down to Florida.
2: Yes, for sure. I, I'm watching the website. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: website.
1: please do. And, uh, it's been a treat talking with y'all. And like to say, hope I didn't talk your years off. But when I get started, it's like I can't stop. No, but know, you know but what yeah. it is? I'm just telling my life.
2: Yes, and it just comes so easily and so naturally. You have so much to tell.
1: Hi, folks. I'm Ronnie McDowell, and you're listening to TCB Radio Network.com with my friends Peter Alden and Kristen Joy.
2: Thanks for listening to our show today. Don't forget to subscribe to TCB Radio Network on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Casts. Radio Public, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast platform. By subscribing, you'll get a notification as soon as our latest episode drops. While you're at it, please rate us with a five-star review. This will help other Elvis fans find our show. Also, this just in, you can now subscribe to our podcast episodes on YouTube. We also have a YouTube channel that includes archived episodes of our Facebook Live broadcasts and more. You can find links to this and so much more at tcbradionetwork.com.
0: TCB Radio Network is strictly a fan publication, not affiliated in any way with Elvis Presley Enterprises or any of its affiliates or subsidiaries. Please visit us online at tcbradionetwork.com. All trademarks, product names, company names, and logos mentioned are the properties of their respective owners. All opinions stated within do not necessarily reflect the opinions of anyone else, and certainly not Elvis Presley Enterprises.
2: Still the King, our theme song for TCB Radio Network podcast, was written by Shane Douglas, produced by Terry Fullwider at Blue Spot Studios, and performed by Peter Alden and his band, Crown Electric Company, featuring David Fontana, son of Elvis Presley's original drummer, DJ Fontana, on drums. Elvis Presley is still
0: Still the king. It's so like the original superstar, burning up a rock and the one and only rock and roll.